0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Watch Dogs Bark. (laughs) My name is Drew. I am your host, and I consider myself a watch dog. This is episode 41, and thank you so much for tuning in. And if you haven't listened to all of my podcast episodes, go back. Listen to every single one of them. I do a lot of research, and I always leave a way to contact me if you agree or disagree. And that is the email address, drew at thewatchdogsbark.com. Write me, positive, negative, I don't care. I just love getting emails. And there's been some good ones and some bad ones. And just keep them coming, because that lets me know what you think. All right, in this episode, holy cow, Joe Biden said it himself, nobody Fs with the Bidens. And that is absolutely 100% true. Those that are trying to come forward are being pursued by the DOJ and by other people that want to put them in jail and harm them. I will give you more details on that in just a bit. You know, all this money we're sending to Ukraine, where is it all really going? And is there really an audit of how much money is actually making it to Ukraine for the war? and how much is being used for other things. More details to follow. Also, Kamala Harris's <laughs> new word salad is literally the craziest thing you'll ever hear. All right, and of course, I have to talk about this baggie of cocaine found in the White House. Gosh, I wonder whose baggie that is. All right, Eric Adams is being an idiot, and. Also, lying to everyone. The WHO came out with a study. It now has revealed that some artificial sweeteners um, have adverse side effects. Gosh, I've known that for 20 years or more. Also, a huge win for free speech with what happened with a judge in New Orleans and how basically he said the government can no longer contact social media platforms, and tell them what to post and what not to post. And of course, the left is saying, no, they are a private entity. They can do what they want. No, they're not when they're contacted weekly by the U.S. government. And the U.S. government is suggesting, I do in quotes, what could be posted and what can't. And when you're the owner of a platform like that, Wouldn't you be a little intimidated by the government when they're telling you what they suggest you eliminate or censor? Wouldn't you feel some kind of repercussions coming from the government if you didn't? It's called coercion, my friends. And oh my goodness, um, Ben and Jerry, idiotic tweet of the 4th of July and how they were called out by a tribal leader. And, ugh. Last, but definitely, I wish it was the least, (laughs) Jill Scott changes the words of the national anthem and completely insane. All right, so we got a lot of things to get to today, so let's get to it. All right, first of all, listen to this hot mic moment, and you'll know why I have my opening statement of no one F's with the Bidens. This is when he's meeting with Ray Murphy, the uh, mayor of Fort Myers, Florida, right after Hurricane Ian. The you, you can't with outside the house. That's exactly right.
1: That's exactly right. All right, good to see you.
0: Now I have no idea what they were talking about, about being raised with brothers and no one Fs with a Biden. But that statement is proving more and more true with the people that are trying to accuse the Bidens of anything, are being pursued by the DOJ, by the IRS, by the FBI, all over the world. You remember Tara Reid. Tara Reid used to be an intern that worked with Senator Joe Biden. And she came forward and accused him of rape. She's now seeking asylum. In Russia because she's been threatened so severely. And she used to be on, on uh, Twitter and she's no longer on Twitter anymore. And there was a, a Jewish man that came forward recently saying he had proof of those wire transfers that were happening monthly to Hunter Biden and to James Biden. He is now on the run, running for his life. It's no longer the Biden business. It's the Biden crime family, and it's proving more and more true that no one F's with a Biden. It seems to me that the FBI, the CIA, the DOJ, the Secret Service, and the media all will cover for the Bidens. The latest expose by a reporter by the name of Miranda Devine of the New York Post. And by the way, uh, the Pulitzer Prize Committee, if you were really giving Pulitzer Prizes for true investigative journalism, you would be giving a bunch of your prizes to Miranda Divine. She has done so much work and exposed so much of the Biden crime family. That's what I'm calling it now. It's no longer the Biden family business. It's the Biden crime family. She had an interview. With an Israeli professor by the name of Dr. Gal Luft, or Luft, I don't know how to pronounce it, but he presented a 14 minute video of his experience with exposing information about the Biden crime family. And he says in this interview that he actually gave this information to the FBI back in 2019 before the election to warn them if. Joe Biden were to be elected in 2020 then the, the nation would go through another national investigation into the corruption of the Bidens because he presented them proof of this corruption not only like I said the wire transfers to Hunter and James for 165,000 100,000 to Hunter 65,000 to James but also about a meeting that happened at a DC hotel between Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and Hunter's connection with CEFC, the Chinese energy company. Now that he's presented this, he was recently arrested in Cyprus, and now he's on the run, fearing for his life. Because when he was arrested by the DOJ in Cyprus, he was charged with being an international arms dealer, and the FARA act he was uh, an unregistered foreign agent and you know the funny thing about that is hunter biden has never registered with the government as a foreign agent and yet he works with china and other countries all the time so the foreign the FARA act is foreign agent registry Association, I think. I'm not what the, sure what the last A is, but basically, you need to register with our government if you're going to do business and lobby on behalf of foreign governments. So it's so ironic that Dr. Gal Luft is being charged with not registering as a foreign agent when, regi- when, when representing uh, CEFC of China. He had expertise with them. He was not representing them for our government, but they are charging him with that. And if they were to convict him of being an arms dealer and not registering for the Foreign uh, Registration Act, he could face a hundred years in prison. So that's why he's on the run. Boy, oh boy, no one F's with the Biden. He also exposes in this video, and by the way, if you can find it, go find the video It's uh, under the title, Missing Biden Corruption Case Witness Dr. Gal Details Allegations Against President's Family in an Extraordinary Video. This is on the New York Post's website, so you can definitely go listen to it and try to keep your mouth, your jaw shut. Mine hit the ground many times listening to it. Basically, he told the FBI and DOJ of our country of the Biden family corruption before the FBI was able to obtain Hunter Biden's laptop from the computer repair shop in New Jersey. And he actually wrote the assistant director of the FBI, I think, and, and to, see, to make sure he got that information. And he said, not only do we have that information, but we are stopping the investigation because it's too close to an election. This was in September of 2019, or the, uh, September of 2020, rather. They knew the in October of 2019 that the laptop was Hunter Biden's. The FBI had no doubt. So all of this gamesmanship that's happening right now with the Hunter Biden and his lawyers saying, well, those are pictures of me, but they, uh, me, uh, the, the, I'm not sure the laptop is mine. It could be mine. It could have been stolen and turned in by someone who has it out for me. And uh, yes, I know there are you know horrendous pictures of me with underage girls and doing drugs. And what I've researched and found out about Hunter Biden, he is a depraved and evil individual. And I don't say that lightly. I don't say that easily. I don't call many people depraved and evil, but he is. The pictures from his laptop of him lying naked and very young girls in bras and panties walking on him, and him leading a young girl, probably eight or nine years old, in yikes uh, bra and panties and makeup, and he's leading her down this hallway. There is some really evil corrupt stuff going on with this family. And just listen to a little bit from Dr. Gal Uft, uh, about what he is facing.
1: In other words, the FBI knew about, uh, from me, about the Biden-CFC deals before they got hold of the laptop, way before. They had enough time to investigate the issue, but they didn't. After Brussels... I never heard back from the DOJ. But instead of showing appreciation for my whistleblowing, I became public enemy number one. Over the past four years that followed, me, my family, my friends, my associates we were all harassed, intimidated, and finally, I was prosecuted. Despite all that, on the eve of the 2020 elections, I sent my lawyer to Washington to meet with then acting Deputy Attorney General, Mr. Richard Donahue, to ensure he was informed about the information I had given his department in Brussels 19 months earlier, and also to warn him that there may still be a mole within the DOJ. Mr. Donahue confirmed to my lawyer that he was aware of my claims. But now we learn from the IRS whistleblower that it was Rich Donahue himself who suspended the investigation a few weeks earlier on September 4th, 2020, on the ground that it was, quote, too close to the elections. Finally, in February this year, I was arrested in Cyprus on an extradition request from the Southern District of New York, the very same office that met with me, uh, in Brussels seven count indictment said I violated the export, uh, arms export control act. And if I convicted, I would face up to hundred years in prison while I was detained in Cyprus. I was portrayed in the international media as an arms dealer, even though I never traded a bullet in my entire life. In fact, nowhere in my indictment, the DOJ claimed or presented evidence that I bought, sold, shipped, or financed any weapons. I was also charged with acting as an unregistered agent of CFC, which is a FAR violation. The DOJ says that I caused the payment of six thousand dollars a month to former CIA director James Woolsey. Um, in order to put his name on an article I had ghostwritten for the China Daily newspaper. Nor in the indictment, the DOJ mentioned the well-known fact that Mr. Woolsey had been uh, an advisor to my think tank since 2002, and that there was nothing in the article that represented Chinese interest. to the contrary. The notion that I, Gal Luft, Spoonfed, a CIA director with policy proposals on China, treating him like a useful idiot, is not only an insult to the intelligence community, it is an insult to the intelligence of every American.
0: It's also interesting to note that none of these charges are being made public. The public is not allowed to read the charges or the evidence against Professor Luft. So he has a proposal. Listen to this.
1: So let me propose an idea. Why won't the DOJ make my indictment public? Do it. Make my day. Put it on your website so that every American can see the nature of the allegations against me, the quality of the evidence, and the length the government is willing to go to weaponize the justice system to punish whistleblowers like me. I have another idea. Why won't the FBI submit to Congress the minutes from the Brussels meeting? Let everybody see what happened in Brussels. Why not? Are you trying to protect anything? Are you trying to protect anybody? I also hope that the DOJ can explain why they targeted me in Cyprus and not in my home country of Israel, where I reside most of the time. After all, the U.S. shares a bilateral extradition treaty with Israel. So if any of my crimes are real and serious, and this is not just political prosecution, why did the U.S. need to sneak up on me during a short visit to Cyprus? Do they not trust? the Israeli judicial system to judge this issue on its merits what's going on here also why did the doj wait 6 whole years well beyond the statute of limitation to indict me and why did the doj choose to unseal to the, the indictment on november 1st 2022 The very same week of the midterm elections. Could this have anything to do with the fact or the fear that once Republicans gain control over Congress and begin to investigate, their cover-up would be in full display?
0: The answer to that last part is yes. And I am begging the House Oversight Committees ran by uh, Jim Jordan and James Comer, get to the bottom of this. We've got to offer this guy immunity and bring him into the country and have him testify in front of the House Investigative Committee. Let him talk about everything he knows. But I don't think that's ever going to happen because this guy's on ru- on the run for his life because nobody f's with the Biden. You know, I used to think it was the Clinton family that was the most corrupt political family. Now. They're amateurs. The Biden crime family is by far the most corrupt political family I have ever researched. What's interesting, though, is some news organizations are starting to wake up and understand that something's definitely not right. I think the big catalyst of this is the, <laughs> the cocaine baggie that was just discovered in the White House. And it's, it's so funny because at first it was a very public area. It could have been anybody's, you know, then it was the library. Uh, now it's a small room with a cubby just off of the Situation Room. And everybody thought, well, that's crazy. Why, why the Situation Room? And then another person came forward and had a press briefing and said, well, the Situation Room has been under construction for the last few weeks. so." The, the, the situation room meetings are happening in another undisclosed location in D.C., so it has been under construction. Well, my feeling is Hunter Biden, if it's Hunter Biden's cocaine, and I'm 90% sure it is, he found out that this uh, situation room being under construction was kind of an opportunity for him to have a place that's not well monitored. When those construction workers go home each night, you know, everything's kind of bare and dark down there where they're working on that. So he had this little space where no one could see him do the drugs. And there's a, a video, if you watch it, of Hunter Biden on the balcony with his parents and I believe his wife and child or, daughter or girlfriend and child, but you can see Hunter's Kind of strung out. It's pretty obvious. And uh, Hunter, I don't know what Joe is thinking by having him in all these public appearances. You know, we had uh, what Billy Carter and uh, oh, what was Richard Nixon's son's name? I can't remember, but we've had some embarrassments of pu- uh, President's sons, but Hunter Biden takes the cake. Oh, and by the way, the uh, executive entrance where this cubby is just off of next to the situation room is only a allo- The only people allowed to enter are heads of state or uh, cabinet or family members. Hmm. And then Corinne Jean-Pierre really went after a reporter. Listen to this.
1: <laughs> um, you know, there has been some irresponsible reporting uh, about the family. And uh, and so I got to call that out here. And I have been very clear. I was clear uh, two days ago when talking about this over and over again, as I was being asked a question, as you know, and media outlets reported this. The Biden family was not here. They were not here. They were at Camp
0: David. They were not here Friday. They were not here Saturday. They were not here Sunday. They were not even here Monday. They came back on Tuesday. So to ask that question is actually incredibly
1: irresponsible. And, and, um, I'll just leave it there.
0: Okay, Corinne Jeanpierre, or as I call her, Corinne Diversity Hire, because we know why she got the job. She is horrible at this. That is not true. The Biden family, as the logs indicate, did not leave the White House and go to Camp David until Friday night. The cocaine was discovered on Friday. Huh. So that means, uh, That means that the family was in the house when the cocaine baggie was discovered. So, uh, yeah, that is not an incredibly irresponsible question. No, Corinne Jean-Pierre, I have a question for you. If she by chance listens to this, which, you know, that's remote possibility of never. But who pays your salary? Does the White House pay your salary? Does government pay your salary? No. We, the people, our tax dollars pay your salary. So you are required to answer questions from the people. And the people want to know right now, definitively, yes or no. Was the baggie of cocaine Hunter Biden's? We'll wait. They will never answer this question definitively because. Even if they don't know, they suspect. Because as far as I know, Hunter Biden is the only one who is a drug addict with a cocaine problem that's been in the White House a lot recently. So that would make sense, wouldn't it? Of course, Occam's razor would not apply here because they want to convolute and complicate everything. So reporters won't come to that very easy conclusion, right? All right, enough of the Bidens. My gads, get off of that. All right, let's talk about what's happening in Ukraine. You know, uh, Zelensky, Voldemort Zelensky, just recently said when he was asked that they're probably not going to have elections because there's a war going on. Well, guess what? We've had elections during wars even civil war where americans were actually fighting americans we had an election so the fact that you want to suspend elections until after the war tells me you might be afraid a new leader might be elected and he or she might be willing to negotiate an end to the war that kind of seems dictatorial to me what do you guys think oh also all the money that we've sent to ukraine Do you think it's all gone to Ukrainian fighters to fight Russia? I can tell you it hasn't. As a matter of fact, Max Blumenthal uh, actually just did a full audit of all the money going to Ukraine, and a small percentage is going to fight Russian militaries. A lot of it is going to many other things. One thing that kind of blew me away, but not really, because I was kind of like, "Oh right, I understand how that probably happened. It looks like $4.5 billion of your social security money went to pay off Ukraine's debt that is being held by none other than BlackRock. You remember BlackRock, right? BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street control $20 trillion. Dollars of assets worldwide, and most speculate those companies are actually running this country and telling this administration what to do. So your social security money, the money that's taken out of your checks, every paycheck, part of that went to pay off Ukraine's debt to BlackRock. BlackRock was holding $4.5 billion of Ukrainian debt. And your Social Security money paid that off. Are we even going to get a thank you from Ukraine? Are we even going to get a thank you from BlackRock? I highly doubt it. Also, some of the other places your tax dollars went, instead of going to Ukraine, actually went to, uh, let's see, Kenya, Ethiopia, uh, Toronto even. Wow, a TV station in Toronto got some of that money. So what the heck? We need a full audit of what is going on with the money we are supposedly sending to Ukraine to fight the war. Of course, we know Ukraine for decades has been the single most corrupt country in the world. Zelensky said he was going to clean all that up. My feeling is he hasn't. Okay, now recently... The WHO, World Health Organization, came out with a study saying that aspartame can cause cancer. You know, I will tell you something personal about me. I struggled with having asthma severely when I was young and allergies to everything. It prevented me from doing many, many things I wanted to do, and everything triggered an asthma attack, and it was so horrible and painful and, you know, just just hard to live with. About 20 years ago, I talked with a nutritionist, and they asked me one thing, or they told me one thing, stop drinking sodas. I said, that's it? Yep, that'll start the snowball. And they were absolutely right. I haven't drank soda in 20 years. Now, that's not absolutely 100% true. Every once in a while, some guy will pass me a Coke, and I'll have a sip of it and pass it back, you know, because I still do love the taste of Coca-Cola. That's always, that was always my favorite. But I don't drink sodas anymore. And one of the reasons why this nutritionist said is your windpipe and your esophagus are right next to each other in your throat. And if you're constantly drinking carbonated drinks, it keeps your windpipe in a constant state of agitation. So with people with asthma, that's an easier trigger for asthma attacks, just to let you know. Okay, so after discovering this, I did a lot of research on all of the chemicals and stuff being used. In sodas and other products. And I came to find that there are two products you should avoid like the plague. And I mean this seriously one is aspartame, the other is high fructose corn syrup. Both of those are artificial chemicals your body has no idea what to do with, so it sticks it straight to fat. All the people that say they're drinking these diet drinks and eating these diet products that have aspartame in them. Are making themselves fatter believe it or not let me tell you a story about aspartame up until 1981 aspartame was listed as a poison the same as strychnine no joke then in 1981 a company by the name of gw searle the company that makes aspartame gave a 100 million dollar donation to the fda and magically aspartame became an approved artificial sweetener. Do you want to know how all this connects? Do you want to know how crazy the connect the dots is and how big pharma and big food and government are all connected? Guess who the president of GW Searle was at the time the FDA approved aspartame for an artificial sweetener? Donald Rumsfeld. That's right the Secretary of Defense under George W. Bush. It's all connected. So from now on, read the ingredients in every single product you buy. And do not buy products with aspartame or high fructose corn syrup. And believe me, they're in everything. You're gonna start realizing, crap, I've been consuming a lot of this. And high fructose corn syrup is so highly concentrated it's the same as cups of sugar for just small drops and it gets your body so used to having high levels of sugar that that's why you crave very very caloric and fattening and sweet foods all the time is because these chemicals are training your body all right and recently we had a huge win for free speech. A district judge, John Dowdy, down in New Orleans, ruled that the United States government and all the agencies can no longer contact social media companies and tell them what to censor. Now, I know all of my friends on the left are going to say, well, those are private companies. They can decide what they want to censor and what they don't. Absolutely, if They were just private companies making decisions on their own. But now we know there were weekly meetings with Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. All the social media companies were meeting with members of the U.S. government weekly to determine what should and should not be posted or allowed to be posted. And it was this entity that censored the Hunter Biden laptop two weeks before the 2020 election. This government interfered in an election by censoring pertinent, true, that's, that's right, true, even the FBI and the government at the time when they told Twitter to censor it, they knew it was true. So when Miranda Devine, again, amazing reporter, and the New York Post came forward with the Hunter Biden laptop story, it was nowhere to be seen on social media because the government told Twitter and other social media platforms to not post it. Actually, they suggested, a lot of people say, well, you know, the government suggesting them to not post these or to censor these articles or posts or tweets is not the government forcing them to. All right. If you got a call from the government, you owned a uh, private social media company and you got a call, an official call from the White House, from the United States government telling you, "Um, we see this information coming down the pipe and We would suggest, as your government, to not allow these things to be posted. What would you think? You would be intimidated. You would fear repercussions from the government. It's called coercion, my friends, and that's exactly what happened. And this judge, thankfully, said that can no longer happen. The U.S. government can no longer contact private companies and tell them what is and is not misinformation. What these the people on the left, the far left especially, that believe that the, these social media companies should censor things, they obviously think you're idiots. They think that you, the public is so dumb, they have to tell the public what's true and what isn't. What isn't? They don't think you're smart enough to decipher for yourself. See, I am a free speech absolutist. I believe All free speech is protected. You're not protected from the consequences that come from spreading negative or false information, but you're not prevented from doing that either. That's called free speech. And that's what we need to have. And that's what this judge agrees to. We need to have free speech. And uh, even Elon Musk has agreed to that. I used to have a little warning uh, on my Twitter profile by the way, it's bark. Just if you want to follow me on Twitter, you're welcome to. Um, I used to have a little warning in my bio when you clicked on the website that took you to where my podcast can be found. It used to have a little warning saying, you know, this could be dangerous and, uh, you know, harmful information and all this stuff. And we suggest, you, you know, you look, think twice before clicking on it. And at the very bottom, there was a little thing. Would you like to proceed? You know, in tiny little letters. That's been removed. Thank you, Elon Musk. Now I believe that Twitter believes in free speech because now, when you click on that little link in my bio, you can go right to the page that has my podcasts. So I'm very happy about that. But I'm also very happy about this. And I hope this is the tip of the iceberg. I hope this is the pinprick that starts the wave in the ocean of getting us back to free speech and allowing us citizens to determine what's free and what isn't. And it's a funny thing. I have determined that the difference between a conspiracy theory and the truth is time. Almost, almost all conspiracy theories I do in, in uh, air quotes are proven later on to be true. Like masks don't work for the pandemic. Lockdowns don't work. The vaccine won't prevent you from getting COVID. All these were conspiracy theories three years ago. Now, they're all pretty much true. Also, the virus, the COVID virus, came from a lab in China. Conspiracy theory two years ago. Now, pretty much uh, common knowledge. So I think, honestly, the difference between a conspiracy theory and the truth is time. So when a social media platform, coerced by the government, censors true information that will be proven true later on, why do they do that? They do it because that information, like the Hunter Biden laptop, would have hurt Joe Biden's chances of being elected. And the social media group, coerced and guided by our government, would stop at nothing to prevent Donald Trump from being reelected. Think about all that. And also, again, all my opinion. If you have an opinion similar or opposite, write me, drew at thewatchdogsbark.com. Okay, a couple of quick other things. Uh, I know I'm running late here, but uh, Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, has been carrying around a picture of a fallen police officer, and he's been claiming he knew him and that they were close friends, and he was distraught when this police officer, you know, was killed in the line of duty. All of that is made up by his staffers. His staffers found a picture of a fallen police officer and showed it to Eric Adams, and it was too clean, so they spilled a little coffee on it and made it look worn. And he carried that in his pocket and told people that he knew this officer and that he was fighting for him. There are some politicians And just some people who have no moral compass. It is now pretty apparent to me, Eric Adams is one of those people. Okay, everyone should know by now, listening to my podcast, what I believe about climate change. I believe it's all hooey. It's all a way to control. It has nothing to do with protecting the environment, protecting the planet, Uh, nothing to do with that. It is all about control. Well, recently, uh, I have lis- been listening to a lot of these climate change nut jobs saying that we're now experiencing the hottest summer in recorded history. Oh my goodness. Guess what? This is a hard truth. And all of you need to know this. Do you know how long we've been recording Earth's surface temperature? Recorded history. Remember that. Those are in quotes. Recorded history. This is the hottest summer in recorded history. They only started recording the Earth's surface temperature in 1979. No, not 1500, not 1200, 1979. So, for 40 years since they've been measuring the Earth's surface temperature, it is the hottest summer on record. Ooh, that's scary. Also, if you go back to even Thermometer temperatures. Back in the 1800s, it was hotter. And in the roaring 20s, in 1920, in this country, it was almost two degrees Celsius hotter than it is now. But all the climate nut jobs keep saying, it's the hottest summer in recorded history. Like they were chiseling out surface temperatures on stones in caves. During the Paleolithic era, Uh, this is just pay attention, people. Pay attention to what they are saying and pay attention to the language they're using because the left controls narratives. The left controls language and they do it brilliantly to deceive many people. Okay, just a couple more things. Uh, First of all, Ben and Jerry's put out an idiotic tweet on the 4th of July, talking about how this is stolen land, and we should give the land back to Native Americans. Well, guess who is actually saying this? Do you know Ben and Jerry, you know, they're these two hippies from the 60s that created this ice cream company, and they did it in Vermont. Well, guess what? A tribal leader in Vermont has come forward and says, all right, if you really are serious about this your headquarters is located on tribal land so would you be willing to donate that land back to our tribe and also these men who claim to be socialists and even communists and believe me they're typical communists they sold out to the man they sold their company ben and jerry's ice cream to unilever unilever makes a ton of things In the US from toilet paper to household cleaners to all kinds of things they sold Ben and Jerry's ice cream for three hundred and twenty six million dollars so these men who claim they are doing what's best for the country and it's time for us to give that land back to the Native Americans they sold out to the man and like I said typical communists because communists are hypocrites. Real communists tell everybody else what to do, but rarely follow their own rules. So congratulations, Ben and Jerry, you are actual communists. Oh, and let me ask, how do we determine whose land this really is? Because the Native Americans in this country took it from other people. Do we go back to Mesopotamia? You know, do we go back to the Garden of Eden? Do we go back to where everything was created? And then like the original 12 tribes and all the world was divided then, you know, do we go back to that? No. Land has been conquered from one civilization to another. And like I said in another podcast, if you want to know the true history of slavery, I think I'm going to do an entire podcast on the full history of slavery because I I see so many people focusing on Jamestown, 1619, that that was the epicenter of slavery worldwide, and that could not be further from the truth. Basically, every single civilization at one time or another was a slave to another civilization. Everyone, within the sound of my voice, at one time, one of your ancestors was a slave. And if you go back to the word slave, Slavic. Are they from Africa? Nope. So we, we literally have to stop this. And, and the problem is everyone keeps shouting about giving land back and paying reparations. The Democrats are saying this to get your vote. That's it. As I said in my last podcast, they will do or say anything to get your vote, especially say anything. They rarely follow through on their promises. And the, I know, these poor,, uh, you know, deprived. Uh, graduate students that have all this mountain of debt that they acquired themselves and signed contracts they would pay back. Yeah, they're all really, you know, thinking that the Democrats are going to forgive that debt. They never will, ever. Okay, one last thing is uh, Jill Scott performed at the Essence Fest recently, and she changed the words to the national anthem. Let me see if it makes your blood boil as much as it did mine. And no, I will not play the audio. I will just read you the words she wrote. And also, this will lead perfectly into my little fun ending of Kamala, ha- Kamala Harris's word salad. Okay, stick around. All right, here's the words. O oh, say can you see by the blood in the streets that this place doesn't smile on you colored child whose blood built this land with sweat and their hands but you'll die in this place and your memory erased o oh, say can you see does this truth hold any weight this is not the land of the free but the home Of the slaves. Now she went on to say that we're all slaves to consumerism and all that, but I highly doubt that. And Essence came forward after this and said, Everyone, please rise for the only national anthem we will be recognizing from this day forward. Jill Scott, we thank you. What? The national anthem is supposed to unite us. The left has turned it into something that will divide us. Like I said, the only thing they want to do is divide us so they can control us. And Jill Scott, congratulations. You're helping them divide this country. That was shameful. Now, I'm going to let that go and end on a happy note, because in attendance at the Essence Award and Essence Fest in New Orleans was none other than our incredibly articulate... (laughs) <laughs> oh, and intelligent vice president. This recently, this her word salad, this is, this is her describing what culture is.
1: Well, I think culture is, it, it is a reflection of our moment and our time, right? And, <laughs> and, and present culture is the way we express how we're feeling about the moment. And and we should always find times to express how we feel about the moment. That is a reflection of joy, because, you know, it comes in the morning.
0: (laughs) Seriously, what? I I had no idea what she said that entire thing. And even reporters around the world were like, uh, what did she say? And all over the world. They are literally saying, I have no idea what she said. Kamala Harris cannot be that dumb. She really can't. I mean, well, I know how she got her job with uh, the prosecuting attorney or, or whatever it was when she started in San Francisco. She slept with the mayor of San Francisco, uh, Willie Brown. So, you know, she had an affair with him. And, and so the old adage, she slept her way to that top. But then she became the AG, which I think probably was associated with that as well. But then she became a senator and I listened to her go after some of the nominees for the Supreme Court and she had some pretty intelligent arguments, you know, and points of view. But every time she tries to speak, she sounds like an idiot trying to speak to five-year-olds and then she laughs. So, you know, obviously the Democrats are trying to keep Joe Biden alive as long as possible. And keep him in that position because there's no way Kamala Harris could take over. And the sad thing and crazy and scary thing is she's a breath away from the presidency. Heaven forbid if Joe Biden were to be incapacitated for a long period of time or pass away, she's the president. What would the State of the (laughs) Union be like? And I, I understand from what I've heard that her. Assistants write very good speeches and very articulate speeches, but she thinks she's so smart, she can just wing it. And she does everything off the top of her head. And I heard the perfect description of Kamala Harris in this uh, at the time when she does, why she does her word salads. She's like a nine year old trying to give a book report on a book they never read. That is the perfect description of Kamala Harris's public speeches. All right, and as I always like to do, I want to end on a positive note. And I know I'm running long. This one's going to be a little longer than an hour, but you know, that's how it goes. Uh, These next three things I think are also very important. Just to review, the last three we talked about was give up on your self-defeating self-talk, give up your limiting beliefs, and give up complaining. Now, these next three are very, very good. First one, number one, give up the luxury of criticism. Give up your need to criticize things, events, or people that are different than you. We're all different, yet we're all the same. We're all a part of the human race. We're all Americans or, you know, uh, freedom-loving people worldwide. We all want to be happy. We all want to be loved and love people, and we all want to be understood. We all want something and something, re- you know, is something we all deserve. I almost did a Kamala Harris thing there, <laughs> just kind of thinking off the top of my head. But that's very important. Stop criticizing because someone else has a different opinion than you. That's one of the biggest things happening in our country right now. People think that because people believe differently, they're evil or bad or wrong. It's just different. That's it. This next one goes the other direction. Give up. Your need to impress others. Stop trying so hard to be something that you're not just to make others like you. It doesn't work this way, honestly. The moment you stop trying so hard to be something that you're not is the moment, oh, and the moment, sorry, that you take off your masks and you you tell everybody who you really are. That moment is the moment everyone will accept and embrace the real you. People will be drawn to you effortlessly because they'll be attracted to the real you. When you are projecting your genuine self, people are attracted to that. They will come and want to find out more about you. That is absolutely 100% true. And then the last thing is give up your resistance to change. In one of my favorite musicals, Jekyll and Hyde, Dr. Jekyll says, In one of his songs, the only thing constant is change. That is absolutely true. Everything is changing all of the time. Nothing remains stagnant in your life. And change is good. Change will help you move from point A to point B. Change will help you make improvements in your life and also the lives of people around you. Follow your bliss. Have you ever heard that? It's absolutely true. Follow your bliss and embrace change. Don't resist it. Don't resist it. Now, there are those who think that there are some things that need to change that shouldn't, like the Constitution. That should be an immovable object, exactly the way it's written. But things change all the time in our own lives individually and in our communities. Embrace those changes. Follow your bliss and the universe will open doors for you where there were only walls. That's a quote from Joseph Campbell. I have no idea who he is, but it's uh, in, in this little uh, printout that I've, I'm reading from. So again, the three things for today: Give up the luxury of criticism. Give up your need to impress others and give up your resistance to change. Again, if you do these three things, I promise your life. Will be improved. And on that note, I think that's time to end another podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure and relay the bark. And until next time, create an amazing day.